Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, it is Thursday. That means it's crossover Thursday. Next team up on the schedule for the Silver and Black, of course, is the Seattle Seahawks. The Raiders got to go on the road to face Seattle in Week 12. Corbin Smith, host of Locked On Seahawks, he'll join the show. We'll talk all things uh, storylines. We'll talk all things matchups. We'll talk about the game flow, how it could be won or lost by the Seahawks or the Raiders. It's all coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, Thursday, November 24, 2022. It's Thanksgiving. That's right. Happy Thanksgiving, Raider Nation. This is the Locked On Raiders podcast. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You ought to win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. Welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the Locked On Raider Podcast free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you're on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. We definitely appreciate you. And, of course, shout out to my man Ari, doing a fantastic job behind the scenes, making everything go. Excited about this matchup. The Raiders coming off the win versus the Denver Broncos. Can they get a win streak, the first win streak of the season? Can they go to Seattle and pick up the dub? Well, Corbin Smith, host of Locked On Seahawks, will join the show in just a matter of moments to talk all things storylines, matchups, and game flow. Before we get to that, though, I do want to let you know Crossover Thursday is presented by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is so much fun, it's easy to play. No competing with other players, just you versus the projections available. Pick two to five players that they score more or less in their Prize Picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. It can literally take less than 60 seconds to enter. It is that easy. I know that everyone loves Prize Picks, and you're going to too. First time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. So, Raider Nation, as it is this Thanksgiving, very excited about the time you get to spend with your family, uh, excited about having a little bit of downtime, and then boom, get right back at it. But before you do any of that, I know it's a football uh, Thanksgiving as well, multiple games on today. Let's go ahead and get a little bit of a preview of Sunday's game. Raiders and Seahawks. With that being said, let's go ahead and jump into part one of the crossover edition. Corbin Smith and myself talking all things storylines when it comes to the Seahawks and the silver and black. So we got this big matchup coming up at Lumen Field on Sunday. The Raiders at three and seven. They haven't been mathematically eliminated. In fact, there might be a chance that a team that started off slow can maybe make a second half run to a playoff spot in the AFC West. The Raiders are hoping they can get hot in the second half. The Seahawks coming off their bye week. I know it's been a struggle for Las Vegas this season. There were such high expectations for this team, for them to come out and win just three of their first 10 games. It's been very disappointing, and yet there seems to be a little bit of a change of vibe after getting that overtime win over the Broncos last weekend. Yeah, no, there is, and it's been a really weird season. There was a lot of high expectations, as you mentioned, going into the season. Oh, there's a lot of high expectations for the whole AFC West, right? The whole division is going to be the toughest division in football, and it hasn't been that. The Chiefs are the usual suspects. The Chargers have been, huh, okay, and the Denver Broncos and the Raiders have not been good. You know, both teams have three wins, and so uh, the biggest question for the Raiders is, like, what's gone wrong? Why, when you have Devontae Adams, when you have Darren Waller, when you have Hunter Renfro, why hasn't things gone better? Max Crosby defensively, Chandler Jones. Well, you know, there's a lot of answers to that. Some guys haven't shown up like a Chandler Jones. Some guys aren't available like a Darren Waller and a Hunter Renfro, and it just hasn't seemed to click yet. Uh, I still think that there's a lot of high expectations for this team moving forward. It's just not right now. Just don't really know what to expect from this team moving forward. I feel like every week is kind of like a game-by-game situation. You just want to see what they're going to do. 
Getting that win against Denver in overtime, I think, was a big deal. But how do you build on that, right? How do you take that that same vibe that you had, that good feeling that you had? How do you take it to Seattle and and a very tough place to play uh, with a team that's very good, a team that's got a quarterback that no one expected to be this good. At least I know nobody on our end expected it to be, him to be this good. And Geno Smith, and then you know Pete Carroll on the defense, and even the run game doing well. It's it's it's. It's going to be a hell of a matchup on Sunday. I'm excited to see it, but I think that as far as just like kind of the biggest storylines when it comes to the Raiders, it's just been, you know, where did it go wrong and why did it go wrong, especially with a guy like Josh McDaniels as the head coach who's a very well-known offensive-minded guy, and you thought that he was going to get the most out of the playmakers and just hasn't been able to do it as of yet. Is it coming? Who knows? We'll see what it looks like come Sunday. Yeah, consistency from my observations has been the biggest issue for this football team, and and I'll admit it. I had the Raiders going to the Super Bowl. That was my preseason (laughs) pick. I've been – way on on a lot of my picks but that was the one that is way out of left field I mean even the Seahawks I thought were going to be better than a lot of people not as good as they have been right uh, but the Raiders that was my biggest miss so far this year <laughs> I really was high on this football team and it just has not panned out and maybe the second half of the season they can finish strong and maybe get themselves back into that discussion if they get on a long winning streak the Seahawks are going to be hoping not to allow that to be the case though and they're coming up there by I think the biggest storyline with this football team when you have a lot of rookies that are playing significant snaps, really from week one, are those players going to be able to continue playing at a high level and avoid the rookie wall? Sometimes rookies are able to get through the full first season. They're just fine. And then sometimes guys get to that 13, 14th game, which is the max they usually play in college, mm-hmm. and the wheels start to fall off a little bit. They did get their bye week in week 11, and I think that helps having a later bye week like that. And Pete Carroll doesn't seem like he's overly concerned about this being an issue, but Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas, your two starting tackles, both rookies, they've been starters since week one of the season, third time that's happened for a team since 1970, the merger. It doesn't happen very often. They both are approaching the number of snaps they had last year in their final season in college. Tariq Woolen, their starting right cornerback, he's already vastly exceeded his career high for snaps in the season. This is only the third year he's played cornerback, but he never played over 600 snaps in college on defense. That's the first time that he's done it. Ken Walker III is going to be getting to 200 carries not too long from now. He has been a workhorse, but yet he doesn't have the carry numbers in college, at least until his last year at Michigan State. I can keep going. The rookies have gotten a lot of (laughs) run for the Seahawks. And they've been very successful. It's been a big part of the reason this team is 6-4 and four and they're fighting for an NFC West championship that nobody saw coming except maybe Pete Carroll and company themselves. But can those rookies continue to play at a high level? And are some of the veterans that haven't played as well as expected like Daryl Taylor, are those guys going to be able to pick up some of the slack if the rookies do take a little bit of a step back? Because they do get a little bit fatigued at the end of the season. It's a long season of the NFL, especially now with the additional game on there. Are the rookies going to hold up? And I think at least for these first few games out of the bye, they should be okay because they should be fresh. But I think long term, that is going to be something that is interesting to look at with how many rookies and young players the Seahawks are counting on to make a big impact for them. You know, I wanted to ask you about Tariq Woolen in particular. I, I, I watched him a lot uh, when I was in Texas, and of course he went to UTSA, and I know that, or at least I thought going into the draft he was going to be a project, but he was very athletic. He's long, he's fast, and I'm thinking, okay, he's going to be a really good DB. He was actually someone going into the draft I was hoping the Raiders were going to have an opportunity to grab, and well, the Seahawks were smart, and they went and got him, and they went and got Kobe Bryant, another guy I was a big fan of coming out of Cincinnati. How 
shocked or surprised are you that especially Tariq Woolen was able to adapt to the NFL game as quickly as he has? You know, I was surprised by it, but being one of the reporters that has been covering this team since the start of OTAs, I mean, I got to see him at rookie minicamp, right. and you could immediately see just the freak athlete that he is. And sometimes those freak athletes, it doesn't translate to being good football players, but you could just see it. There was a couple plays, and Pete Carroll pointed these out after one of their practices in that rookie minicamp, but actually one of their OTA practices, uh, Marquise Goodwin, who's still a burner, can yeah. still run probably the low four threes. And there were back-to-back plays running vertical routes in an OTA practice indoors that Woolen was just draped all over him. It didn't even look like he was running hard, and he was running stride for stride right. with Marquise Goodwin. And that really opened Pete Carroll's eyes. Like, th- this guy might be able to play quicker than we thought. And then training camp, he started off with a dominant first week of camp. Once the pads came on, kept playing well, and he ended up just outright winning that job. So – He's he's vastly exceeded expectations. I didn't think he'd have five interceptions his first 10 right, games. Right. But um he's been a better tackler than I anticipated. That the kid has just really taken everything that this coaching staff has done with him so far. And the thing is, he's still very raw. And so if he actually figures this out a little bit more, it's scary to think what his ceiling looks like. Because he already looks like a borderline all pro caliber player. Right. That's how good he's been this season. And and I know the Raiders, even with their struggles. They've certainly had a few guys that have been playing to that level too. And it just, again, it surprised me they only have three victories this season because of that. Right. Well, believe me, it surprised uh, everyone here in Las Vegas and all the Raider Nation as well. Like, wait a minute, what's going on? You got all these weapons <laughs> and you can't figure out how to get it done. And, you know, I think that win against Denver was a big one, though, just to find a way to win the one score games. They were 0 6 leading into that Denver game in one score games, whereas a year ago they were 7 and 2. So that's it right there, right? If you find out how to win the close games, you can win a lot of games in the NFL. And you, as you know, man, there's like a bunch of teams that are all clumped together with five and six wins and there's what the Chiefs have a you know a really good record the Vikings had a really good record and then also the Cowboys beat the brakes off them so there's so many teams that are just good and kind of clumped together and then there's a couple elite teams and that's really it the Raiders haven't found out a way to be a good team yet so they're still trying to climb up and try to figure their way out but they're in third place now and uh, you know they're looking at the Chargers and saying you know what the Chargers only have five wins and the Raiders play them in a couple weeks, maybe they can catch them. That's got to be the goal right now for the Silver and Black is just catching that second-place team. And then if they can do that, well, all bets are off. See what happens after that. But you got to have little small goals. Take baby steps. You got to walk before you can run, and that's what the Raiders are trying to do right now. Took the words from a mouth. Baby steps yeah. for the Raiders. They're hoping that first baby step was last week, and they can take another one this week. Meanwhile, the Seahawks are hoping to put up the baby gate and stop them <laughs> in Lumen Field. We're going to get to the matchups, a few key matchups to watch in this game coming up next. So there's part one of the crossover edition here on the Locked On Raiders podcast on this Thanksgiving crossover Thursday. Very excited about the show. That was all things storylines when it comes to the Seahawks and it comes to the Raiders. Coming up in segment number two, we're going to talk about the biggest matchups. Where do we see the biggest matchups between the two teams? That's all coming up in segment number two. Before we get to that, though, I do want to let you know this show is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. Unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual. So if it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. When you feel stuck, what do you do? Well, that's the biggest problem is a lot of people get stuck with questions and they don't have answers and they don't have anywhere to turn. They don't have anyone to turn to. Well, therapists, they're trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills. It makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine 
That is called you. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient, secure, and accessible anywhere. 100% online. Everyone, and I mean everyone, deserves to feel their best. BetterHelp makes it easier to get started. As the world's largest therapy service, they've matched millions of people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. All the benefits of in-person therapy, but it's more convenient, more accessible, and more affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to make to match with a therapist. If things click, great. If they don't, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless search for the right therapist. Right now, get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash locked on. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast on this crossover Thursday. Myself and Corbin Smith talking all things Seahawks and talking all things Raiders. In segment number one, we talked about the biggest storylines. Now it's time to jump into the biggest matchups. Where do we see the matchups lying? What are going to be the juiciest? What will be the sexiest? We're going to talk about it right now. Here's part two of the crossover edition talking all things the biggest matchups between the Seahawks and the Raiders. You're listening to our Thanksgiving edition crossover Thursday show here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Corbett Smith for Locked On Seahawks. Joining me for this crossover, your boy Q, Locked On Raiders. We've got a big matchup, former AFC West rivals getting ready to duke it out at Lumen Field on Sunday. The Raiders with a little bit of momentum after beating the Broncos in overtime. The Seahawks well-rested after their bye week in Week 11. Q, let's get to some matchups here from the Raiders' perspective going into this game Let's start with the Raiders on the offensive side of the football. What is a matchup that you're looking at either that you think is advantageous for Las Vegas or maybe you're concerned a little about looking at Seattle's defense? Well, I'll tell you right now, I'm just excited about this matchup. And we talked a little bit about it in segment number one, not the matchup, but the player. And that's Tariq Woolen, that's Kobe Bryant, and that's Devontae Adams, right? I mean, we know Devontae Adams is one of the best wide receivers in the league. We see what he's been able to do. 925 yards on the season for the Raiders and 10 touchdowns. So he's having a really good season his first year in the silver and black. I want to see how he matches up with the young dudes, right? How he matches up with Tariq Woolen, who has five interceptions on the season. You know, he's been fantastic. Kobe Bryant coming out of Cincinnati. You know, Michael Jackson. I just, I want to see how he matches up with that secondary and how the secondary of the Seattle Seahawks goes about defending him, right? I mean, because he is a great route runner. He is a guy that finds a way to get wide open. And Corbin, when I say wide open, I mean wide open, like some old school Learning TV tennis. Wide yeah, open. <laughs> like it's incredible. I always look and say, how in the hell did he get so wide open? But it's his route running. The thing about it is, I know this for a fact when it comes to Tariq Woolen, he's so fast that even if he gets beat on a great route, he has an opportunity to catch up. Right, He has that makeup speed where he can catch up. So I want to see the chess match and see how those guys all match up, how they go about defending uh, De- Devontae Adams, right? The first time Pat Sertan went up against him, uh, he did a really good job. I, I feel like Pat won a few reps. Devontae won a few reps. But this last game, Devontae just ate him up. He ate him up. And so I know Pat Sertan is one of the best up-and-coming DBs, and I believe Tariq Woolen and Kobe Bryant are both guys that are going to do a fantastic job in the league for years on top of years. And obviously, Tariq has already uh, been a turnover machine, creating a bunch of turnovers. I just want to see... You know, what they do, how they battle it out is something that my eyes are going to be fixated on the whole game. Uh, Devontae Adams against the secondary of the Seattle Seahawks. What what are you looking at? Well, from Seattle's defensive perspective, I could go on and on about Devontae Adams because I personally still think he is the best receiver in the NFL. 
And, you know, sorry to Tyreek Hill and some of the others. There's some other really good yeah. receivers out there. I still think Devontae Adams is the best pure receiver in the NFL, and I can't wait to see him and Tariq Woolen going at each other on the outside. And this is going to be a big match for Kobe Bryant, but I'm going to go with a matchup that isn't quite as sexy, okay. but I think is going to have a big bearing on this game. The Raiders have obviously some weapons that are missing, so that's going to hurt things a little bit on offense. But I look at the interior, and the Raiders have really struggled with pressures with their guards mm -hmm. in particular. And going back and watching the tape, that has been where teams have had the most success, turning up the heat on Derek Carr. The Seahawks have some very athletic interior rushers that they've kind of let get after guys a little bit these last four or five games. They went away from the two-gapping stuff to more aggressive one-gapping, and the results have been there in terms of stuffing the run and also rushing the passer. Puna Ford, Quentin Jefferson, uh, Shelby Harris, who's very familiar with the Raiders and played well against them yeah. in the past. He's going to be loving the chance to play against them again. That seems like a matchup right now with the guards that the Raiders are putting out in the field. Even their center has struggled a little bit in run blocking. But that interior offensive line, if the Seahawks can take advantage of them and get frequent pressure, quick pressure from the interior on Derek Carr, it's going to make it a lot tougher for him to get the football to Devontae Adams. Right. And it's also going to impact the run game with Josh Jacobs. So I think that that is a huge matchup that most fans aren't going to be paying close attention to. But if Seattle can get frequent pressure from their defensive tackles and they're able to slow down the run game and play well within their run fits, that has been an inconsistent issue for them this year. If they're able to check off those boxes, though, I really like their chances of being able to get to Derek Carr, slow down the run game, and then that would make it much more difficult for the Raiders to pull an upset on yeah. Sunday. No, yeah, that's a great point. And, and then the offensive line in general, you know, has got a lot of work to do. Colton Miller, who's their stud left tackle, didn't even play last week. You know, he had a shoulder and an abdomen injury, so it's going to be interesting to see if he's able to go. Uh, they had Jermaine Illuminor out there, and Dylan Parham, who's a third-round pick out of Memphis, has been in the interior. He's been doing well. Andre James at the center, center position has been, you know, he's been good. He has been great uh, and then you know you have you have other guys right you have other guys that are trying to kind of put it all together and I, I kind of like the direction that they're going but it's not there yet so uh, that could be a matchup to definitely pay attention to and uh, obviously the Raiders are very familiar with all those guys on the on the defensive line for Seattle I mean two out of three of them played played with the, the Raiders at one point so uh, yeah it's going to be it's going to be a, a good matchup for sure uh, that offensive line for the Raiders has been something that we've been paying attention to all year because it's never been something Something that was just set in stone. Let's flip the gears here real quick. You just talked about the Raiders and offense. What scares you the most, or maybe what's something that you think you can take advantage of if you're the Raiders going against this Seahawks offense? Well, I'll tell you what scares me the most is the Raiders secondary. I think that Nate Hobbs is going to play on Sunday, which is great. He's coming off of IR. He's definitely their best defensive back, but I know that the Seahawks have that big playability. I know they have DK Metcalf and they have Tyler Lockett, and I was a big fan of Tyler Lockett's coming out of K-State. When Seattle got him, he was just really a, a punt return or kick return special teams guy, and he's turned into one of the most underrated wide receivers in the league. Got a lot of respect for Tyler Lockett. Obviously, we know what DK Metcalf can do. Big, strong, fast dude. Uh, that big playability, man, the Raiders are going to have to be on their A game in the secondary, and I'm talking about the corners. I'm talking about the safeties. I mean, everyone's going to have to be on their A game, or Geno is going to have a good time, uh, especially if the defensive line to the Raiders can't get home and put pressure on them. And look, they only have, what, 13 sacks on the season? Uh, not a whole lot. And Max Crosby leads the, the team in sacks with nine, and I think the team has 13 as in, in as a whole. So that's obviously not enough. So if Geno has any kind of opportunity to sit back there in the pocket, and those two guys are streaking down the field and looking for that big play, which they do quite a bit, 
it could be a very long day at the office for the Raiders in that defense. So that's what really is my biggest concern about this game is the Seattle Seahawks capitalizing on a bunch of big plays. You mentioned the Raiders only have 13 sacks, but Max Crosby is almost a double digits and just him yep. by himself. And Chandler Jones, I know it's been a disappointing season, but yes. he always just seems to just find himself when he comes to Lumen Field. It's It has always been his favorite place to play. He has more sacks against Seahawks than anybody. He murdered them for years playing for the Cardinals. So that is clearly 1A, 1B, 1C. That, that is the matchup that, from a Seahawks perspective, you're like, can Abraham Lucas and Charles Cross, as impressive as they've been this year, mm-hmm. can they handle Max Crosby and Chandler Jones? Playing at home should be helpful with the 12s, but right. that is the matchup that still scares the daylights out of me, and it should scare the daylights out of fans because that is the thing that would really prevent them from being able to get the ball to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett downfield. And they've got some other weapons out there, their tight ends in particular, I think can negate that some against this Raiders defense, but still uh, you're going to have to give some help for those tackles, especially whoever's going against Max Crosby, because he has been dynamic this year on a defense that otherwise really hasn't been, but he's been that one guy that's been playing at an elite level really from week one to where we're at now. And he's just a phenomenal player. We're going to get to our keys to victory. And of course, predictions coming up next year on our Thanksgiving crossover special. There you go. Raider nation in segment number two of today's locked on Raiders podcast, part two of our crossover edition, talking about the biggest matchups. And there's some good matchups to pay attention to in this game coming up on Sunday in Seattle versus Seahawks coming up in segment number three. We're going to give you the game flow. We'll give you a little bit of predictions and what we think may happen between the Seahawks and the Raiders love it on uh, the crossover edition here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Before we get to any of that, though, do want to tell you about a couple great sponsors, including BetOnline.net, your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball, soccer, esports. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, and clearly you do, you can find them all at BetOnline.net. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix on. Head to the website today on your laptop or your mobile device to learn about more. BetOnline.net. That is where the game starts. Also want to tell you about Simply Safe. And if you've ever thought about securing your home as a home security, but you've been putting it off, well, right now you're going to want to listen up. All Locked On Raider podcast listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. And I'm sure that you know that during the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally, not just here in Vegas, but everywhere. That's why all our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award-winning security system so more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify that the threat is real so you can get priority police response immediately don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that i would recommend get 50 percent off any simply safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on today it's the biggest discount of the year so don't wait at simplysafe.com slash locked on nfl again simplysafe.com slash locked on nfl there's no safe like simply safe your locked on raiders your daily podcast on the las vegas raiders part of the locked on podcast network your team Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to jump into part three of the crossover edition. Corbin Smith and myself talking all things Seahawks and Raiders week 12 action. Time to talk about game flow and the ever-dreaded predictions. 
game predictions. Who's going to win? Who's going to lose? I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to give a little bit of an asterisk when I give my answer on who's going to win because honestly, Raider Nation, I just don't know. I know how the Raiders can win. I don't know if they're going to win. That's just as simple as it gets. And I think that the season, how it's gone th- so far through 10 games is the reason why I feel that way. But let's go ahead and jump right into it, man. This is the game flow. Corbin Smith and myself talking all things Raiders and Seahawks and how the game may shake out on Sunday. All right, Q. Let's get to some keys to victory here. What do the Raiders need to do? Obviously, they're coming in with a little bit of momentum after beating the Broncos in overtime. But what do you think the Raiders need to do on offense and defense to come into Seattle and pull what would be now viewed as a mild upset given the Seahawks' success in the first half of the season? Well, first of all, they have to stop shooting themselves in the foot. And what I mean by that is just unforced penalties. They've had so many penalties, especially early on in the game, where all of a sudden you look up and it's first and 20 or second and 30. or You know, it's just they get so far behind the chains, it's almost impossible to get away from. So that's the first thing that they have to do is make sure that they could stop shooting themselves in the foot. Play clean football. And, you know, one of the craziest things is going back to preseason, I know you can't tell everything by a team in the preseason. They hardly had any penalties and they had, like, no turnovers, right? They were really clean in the preseason then all of a sudden they got to the regular season it's like they got back to the old Raider way where it's committing penalty after penalty after penalty and having just like false starts and illegal formation and you know I mean just stuff that's not even effort penalties just stupid penalties and so they've done a lot of that last week against the Broncos they almost had 100 yards in penalty yards like you can't do that you know that team is not good enough to overcome that consistently now they were able to overcome it with the Broncos the Broncos don't have a very good offense they were only averaging 14 points a game and they got 16 points so there's that but they got to stop doing that. And then I think that Josh Jacobs is going to have to be a big factor in this game. I know Tom Brady and oh, not Tom Brady. He didn't run the ball. But the Buccaneers had a really good day running the rock against Seattle when they were in Germany. And there could be multiple reasons for that. But the Buccaneers are not a team that runs the ball very well. The Raiders do run the ball really well. So Josh Jacobs has to continue doing what he's done. He's been fantastic this season. 930 yards rushing, seven touchdowns on the season. Hasn't missed a game. I mean, the dude's like the third leading rusher in the league. He's just ball falling out of control. If they can establish that run and get him running downhill behind his pads, all of a sudden that opens everything else up. Then all of a sudden they start cheating up. The defense starts cheating up a little bit and that's when he has an opportunity to hit Devontae Adams. And Devontae Adams has a chance to get loose. And maybe a Mac Hollins has a chance to get loose. But, I mean, really it's going to be the Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams show because Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller are out. But I just think that Josh Jacobs has to get rolling. And to make him and allow him to get rolling, they have to stay in front of the chains. They can't get, you know, they can't get in second and long, first and long, all that good stuff. And they can't get behind by multiple scores. If they get behind by multiple scores, they stop running the ball. So really, I mean, stupid penalties, eliminate those. Get Josh Jacobs going and don't get behind early. If you get behind early too much, then Josh Jacobs is going to get eliminated. Then it's going to be pass, 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 pass. And that's usually not a recipe for success. So offensively, that's what they're going to have to do. What's Seattle going to have to do offensively uh, to come away with the victory on Sunday. I'm going to be very quick and to the point. Start fast. <laughs> they can't do what they did against the Buccaneers two weeks ago in Germany where they got shut out in the first half and I didn't like the game plan they came out with. Sometimes I feel like offensive coordinators in this league, I, I understand that you want to keep defenses on their toes, but right. you don't see Andy Reid out there saying, you know what, I'm not going to throw the ball to Travis Kelsey here in the first <laughs> half. Let's, let's see if we can <laughs> – find another way to move the ball. Right. No, you're going to find different ways to get him the football, but you're going to feature your playmakers. And so I didn't like the fact that Seattle with, I think that they have the best trio of tight ends in the NFL. They might not have an elite guy at that Mm -hmm. position, but in terms of 
top-tier talent for their top three guys. Noah Fant, Kobe Parkinson, and Will Disley have been fantastic this year, and it gives you a lot of flexibility. They had one tight end target in the first half against Tampa Bay. Ironically, second half, hey, let's start throwing the ball to tight end. Suddenly, this offense came to life. They almost came back and won the game. So come out fast. Get your tight ends involved. The Raiders have not been able to defend tight ends to save their life this year. So get these three guys the football, and then that opens up Ken Walker to the third. That opens up DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett downfield against the secondary, as you mentioned, that's got a lot of question marks. I think you can get the entire offense opened up, not by establishing the run, but establishing your tight ends. And then as for the defensive side of the football, it's very simple to me. Can you get pressure with your interior guys and can you fix your run fit issues because that was the problem against the Buccaneers it's not they don't have the talent up there they were not executing their run fits if they can do that in this game and they're able to get the interior pressure as I mentioned earlier I think that that is the number one key in this game Mm -hmm. because it allows you to limit Josh Jacobs and also Derek Carr gets rid of the ball so quick the best way to put pressure on him is in the interior and there have been some teams that have been able to do that this year Seattle has the talent there to do it, but they've been so inconsistent. They need to take advantage of the crowd getting into it, get after Derek Carr. I think if the defensive line in general wins in the trenches, the Seahawks can win this game convincingly. But we'll see if that happens. They've been very up and down there this year, despite the experience and talent that they have. Let's get to the predictions real quick, Hugh, because obviously (laughs) – there's. You know, you look at the records and you would think the Seahawks are going to dominate this football game just based off of that. And they're playing at home. But I I don't know about you, but I go into this game thinking that this one's going to be pretty tight. I do too. Yeah, I think it's going to be a very tight game, you know, and I know it's tough to play in Seattle. And I believe the Raiders haven't won in Seattle since like 98. So it's been a long time coming. Also, uh, you know, the weather, as you very well know, the weather's going to be a factor. So I, I, and the crowd's going to be a factor. There's so much to go against this. Um, I think that the Raiders have the talent to play with anybody. I'm just not convinced that they're going to go on the road for the second week in a row and win, right? Just they, 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 they have so many mistakes that they make. Now, they could fool me and, and not make mistakes. I, I think they're going to run with Seattle the whole time. I think it's going to be close. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Uh, honestly, in this game, man, it's going to come down to turnovers. If the Raiders can create a couple turnovers, I think they win the game. But if they can't create any turnovers, I think that I think the Seattle wins it. They might win by four, they might or three, they might win by seven. I don't know. But if the Raiders don't create any turnovers, then Seattle I think is going to win it. So I guess that'll be my caveat. I don't know what the score is going to be. I have no idea. Uh, you know, it's just it's just how it goes sometimes. But if, if the Raiders create a turnover or two, I'll say that they win. But if they don't then Seattle's going to get the dub. I know it's like a, a terrible way of making a prediction, but that's the best way. I, that's the best I got right now. I think it boils down. I just mentioned this for me, for Seattle. Can you find a way to start fast? If they can come out of the mm-hmm. gate and get a couple touchdown drives, even if they get a touchdown and a field goal early on their first couple of drives, get off to a fast start. And I think that the Raiders are one of those teams that if you can squish them early, the Broncos couldn't do that last week. After they got up right. 10-0, they kind of took their foot off the pedal. But if you can keep the foot down on the Raiders, it's a team that's 3-7 and seven for a reason. They're right. going to wilt. And so I think the fast start is going to be critical for the Seahawks and not turning the ball over, as you mentioned. They've been fairly good about that this year. But if you can do that at home, I feel like the Seahawks should be the favorites in this game. Mm-hmm. This should be a winnable football game for them. But the Raiders do some things really well that they have struggled with this year. And so it's one of those things. Records can sometimes be deceiving based on matchups. For that reason, I think this is a one-score game. Yeah. I think Seattle's probably going to win this game. 
but I think it's going to be close throughout because I do think the Raiders do a lot of things well that the Seahawks have struggled with. It is a matchup that doesn't necessarily play to what the record discrepancy is. So either way, AFC West, former rivals, yeah. I think it's going to be a really fun game on Sunday. The Raiders trying to keep their season alive. The Seahawks trying to stay in the hunt in the NFC West should be a fun one. So there it is. There it was. You see what I said, Raider Nation. If the Raiders could come up with a turnover or two, they win the game. If not, I just think that Seattle's a really tough place for them to play, especially with Seattle playing well. Beginning of the season, I didn't think Seattle was going to be a very good team at all. And who knows what team shows up, but they're coming off a bye. They're going to be well-rested. They're going to want to get back on the winning side of things. Geno Smith is doing well. If they can find a way to create a turnover or two, I think the Raiders win. If not, they're going to be a dogfight or in a dogfight till the end, and who knows how it's going to shake out. But that's all I got for you for today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Again, thanks so much for making the show your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the show free and available on all platforms. Raider Nation, have a great Thanksgiving. Appreciate you checking in with the show when you do and how often you do. And uh, please believe later on this afternoon around noon, uh, we'll be at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ. They got open locker rooms. So coming up on Friday's show, uh, we'll have some locker room sounds. Uh, I'll give you keys to victory, what the Raiders are going to have to do, what I'll be looking for them to do, similar to like I did last Friday before the Broncos game. So unless uh, something happens crazy that I don't expect right now, uh, there should be a show coming up for Black Friday. But until then, Raider Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family, and again, most importantly, have a happy Thanksgiving with your family, and just win, baby.